What's up, everybody? It's Jameson. Welcome to episode 27 of Ripstop on the Record. Today, we're talking with Jacqueline Bangura of Broad Fork Bags. Broad Fork Bags is a woman-owned company based out of Oregon that specializes in making epic bike bags. Whether you're a bike person or not, you will really appreciate Jacqueline's adventurous spirit and willingness to step out into the unknown. We talk about some of the bikepacking adventures she's done when she took over Broad Fork Bags, as well as when she jumped into sewing just eight years ago. Check out all things Broad Fork Bags, check out their products and what they're all about at broadforkbags.com. We have one big announcement to make as it pertains to next episode. On October 13th, we're releasing the one-year anniversary episode of Ripstop on the Record. We're going to have Matt Evans from Red Pop Packs join Carter and Isaac for a sew-off, where we have tasked them to make something without the use of a common item from that item. (laughs) So we have Matt making a dog pack with no buckles, Isaac has to make a sling bag with no webbing, and Carter has to make a cycling jersey with no zipper. So if you want to see what they have created and hear about the future of DIY, new products, and the banter that we'll share, then you got to tune in for that episode and the accompanying videos. We're also giving away five prizes, including gift cards, free fabric, and a specially made flex fanny pack from Red Paw Packs themselves. So if you're not convinced, then you got to at least check in for the free stuff. So without further ado, here's episode 27. Hey, Jacqueline, thanks so much for joining us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. We really love talking to companies that we service. I mean, it's one of the highlights of my week, getting to do the podcast and chat with people. And then we also just love learning about what you all do and how you all got here. We often see a lot of similarities between companies, but there's always, always, always some sort of funny story or connection that people have that just separates what they do to what other people do. So it's always Mm -hmm. awesome. But to get started, tell us about uh, who you are and where you are as Broad Fork, but also as Jacqueline. Okay, um, I'm Jacqueline Vangera, and right now I'm in Forest Grove, which people never know where it is. So it's it's about 36 miles west of Portland on the way to the coast. Um, and I have been here for a year, so I'm still pretty new to the area. Um, I was in Park City before that for about 10 years. Um, and this, this is where I ended up. So Josh and I, he's the founder. We split up in the fall, and he has a full-time job. And I didn't want to see the business just die. So he was really supportive and helped me get everything set up here. And I just gave it a go and it's kind of stressful at first, but the orders just kept coming in and just, I just kept going with it. And it's, it's been busy. This summer was probably the busiest summer I've ever had. And it was kind of nerve wracking because it's the first time I haven't had Josh here to help me. So it was, it was just all me, but I'm finally getting some people on board to help me a little bit. So that's exciting. Awesome. Wow. That is quite the, quite the last year pandemic moving. All that is quite a lot to handle. So how was Broad Fork Bags started? Uh, Obviously it's, it's transitioning, but what was the impetus to getting, making bike bags? So he had a friend, um, I think it was 2012 or 2013 that convinced him to do the tour divide with him. Um, that's a, a bike race that starts in BC and goes all the way to Mexico. I think it's like 2,500 miles. And he only had a, like a month notice and he had no bags and he couldn't find any, he couldn't get any in time for the race. Um, and his mom taught him how to sew when he was younger. So he just kind of figured out how to do it. 
and made some bags. And, and then while he was on the tour, he just had a bunch of people asking, asking him questions about the bags. And so he started just making them for friends and trading for beer. And so we got quite the collection of beer in our garage, which was awesome, but we couldn't drink it all. It was just the two of us. So, um, so when we started getting more orders, that's when he decided that we better get a website. And so he started the website and that's about when he started to teach me how to sew, but we both had full-time jobs. So we would just sew together after work and, and he, he just slowly taught me how to do really simple pieces, just like straight tack stitching and, and then gradually worked my way up to harder pieces and frame bags. Where did biking fit into the equation before the bags came in? Did Josh start biking for the for that race or was, was cycling always a part of what kind of your your lives? He's always been biking since he was a little kid, just loved, loved biking. And I, I would bike a little bit, but once we started dating, that's when he started taking me mountain biking and it scared the crap out of me at first. And um, I fell all the time. I have tons of scars to prove it. Um, but he really got me into it and he loved to see me get better. And uh, he just would, would buy me bikes. That was the first big gift that he bought me was a bike. We called it, um, instead of a promise ring, it was a promise rim. <laughs> so we just got into the to biking that way and slowly started getting into bike packing. Um, and now it's, it's my passion. Thanks to him. I owe a lot to him, but. Yeah, no, it's my favorite thing to do. That's beautiful. Wow. So like everybody else in the world, I kind of say it a lot on the podcast, but I also got into cycling last year, you know, just that was the timeline that hit. So we actually, we, a couple of us here that work at Rift of the Roll love bikes and we work on them at lunch. We ride during lunch. So I'm a little bit interested just from the personal side of what do you ride? What do you, what type of bike do you enjoy? Um, I have three types of bikes right now. I have my mountain bike is a specialized gum jumper and my gravel bike is a salsa via and I have a fat bike. It's a surly ice cream truck. That's awesome. <laughs> they almost sold when I moved here, but luckily a friend talked me out of it. It's, yeah. It's been a fun to ride on the beach and now I'm near Bend and I know that they groom a lot of the trails there. So now I have some friends in Bend finally, so I'm hoping to take some trips there this winter and go check out the, the groomed bike, bike paths there this yeah, winter. That's a great collection. I love yeah. hearing about people's uh, kind of their bike quiver, so to speak in other parts of the country. We I'm, I'm in Durham. Um, so the people that I ride with are, it's a lot of road and a lot of kind of like fire access gravel stuff, but it's very uh, low technicality. You know, it's not, it's not single track stuff. So I love hearing about kind of the fat bikes and the other, um, mm -hmm. kind of bike packing stuff that people have in other parts of the country. That's really, that's really cool. Yeah. I've definitely gotten more into gravel riding since I've been here because at first I didn't know where any mountain bike trails were and everything is so far away. There's some great trails, but I have to drive like an hour to get there. So I just, uh, I found the website dirty free hub. Mm -hmm. And they have a ton of awesome routes right around here that are really cool just out in the country. And so, yeah, now I think I do equally mountain biking and gravel riding. That sounds like a great time. What sort of routes or what's one of the most memorable bike packing you've done with, with your broad fork bags or just any trip that you've done that's been particularly memorable? I've done a few of them, but the most recent one was a week ago. Oh, wow. 
track from this one. It's called the Achoco Overlander. And there's a, a bike company in Prineville that puts it on there called Good Bike Co. And uh, Prineville, it's about 40 minutes northeast of Bend. And they do it every year. I think this is the fourth year they do it. They didn't do it last year because of the pandemic. But it was so much fun. It was 172 miles, four four days, three nights, and there's 50 people that were that went. Okay. And they had about 12 staff members. But it was it was so much fun. They really put a lot of effort and had a lot of really fun little added bonuses to it. Um, the first day was a killer. That one. A lot of elevation, uh, seventy-two miles, and uh, like six thousand feet of elevation. It was hard, but it was. Luckily, the weather was perfect the whole time. We thought we were going to get rained on, but it held off. It was cool. It sprinkled a little bit, and it couldn't could have been better. Um, but they had someone with the group that did yoga with us every day, sometimes twice a day, and she was also a musician, so she would sing and play our guitar at night. And they had a guy who uh, it's called auto autobahn coffee and he has his own little coffee shop out of his vw van and was just there the whole time making any type of specialty drinks we wanted wouldn't take any money from us some um, the best coffee um and they had uh the last night we were there they had a guy uh, a local guy who owns a, a distillery and he was there with his whole table set up with tons of whiskey and cigars and those people were rolling into camp. They were handing out shots of whiskey and um, yeah, just beautiful camping locations, awesome people. Um, you get to know the 50 people pretty well during the four days. So that, that was really fun. Uh, but before that, um, uh, I think maybe like five years ago, Josh and I did a really fun one. Um, it's called the San Juan Hut to Hut System. Right. And it started in Telluride and went all the way to Moab. And uh, we had a whole week to do it. And you stay in these cool huts along the way. They're stocked with tons of food and beer and water. Um, that that was really a fun. That was our first fun one. We did one the year before that. Or we tried to do it. It didn't go very well. It was the Idaho Hot Springs route that uh, we were just going to do a the lower portion of it. That was, I think it was like 200 miles but we did it in June. It was hot and I was not in as good a shape as I thought I was. And so I called it after two days, but yeah, the Achoka Overlander was awesome. I'm going to do it again next year for sure. That sounds incredible. Oh man. I have so many questions. So the first one, we recently in a podcast, we were talking with some of our adventure sponsors who are down in New Zealand right now, and they're doing the 10 great walks of New Zealand. And we kind of got into a conversation about hut systems and, and whatnot. So we were kind of comparing a little bit. I'm, I'm from the New England area. So I have some familiarity with the New Hampshire and the Green Mountain, Appalachian Mountain Club hut system. And then we were talking about their huts. What did those huts look like? Because I know everyone kind of does them differently. Some are really packed. Some are really, you know, they reserve super far out. What did the hut system look like when um, you did that trip? The huts, they would hold eight people but luckily when we did it we signed up on a day that there was only two other people so it was a, a guy a 70 year old guy and his 40 year old son and so we were together the whole seven well they actually quit a couple of days early but you're together with the same people the whole time um but i think eight people would have been way too crowded but they're stocked they had tons of food um they had a cooler that had like cheese and stuff that you'd keep cool they had a big cupboard ton with tons of like Costco mm -hmm. snacks and stuff. Um, 
uh, and there was a, a stove in the, and so it kept it really nice and toasty. It was, we did this in July. And so I thought we were going to be really hot, but way yeah. up there elevation, it got pretty chilly at night. Um, but they were all in really cool, beautiful locations. And you just felt like you were so far out there like in the middle of nowhere. Um, but they must've had four wheelers or something to, to bring up all the, the gear. They just had tons of blueies of water, lots of beer. Um, I don't know. They're pretty well stocked. That's I thought. so cool. Were they, are these huts manned? Like, do they have people there at all times or is it, they're just open for people to come as, as reservations come? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you have to have a reservation okay. per night and there's sleeping bags there you can use, but we chose to use our own. Um, and you just have to follow a few rules and keep mm -hmm. it clean. And if somebody comes the next night and you've just trashed it, you'll get kicked off the trip. Yeah. <laughs> but people were pretty good at keeping it clean. That's really cool. I Man. love love a good hut system. It makes things so accessible and just a little bit more cozy, but also ultralight. You know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. that's a huge plus. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So now take us back to the trip that you just finished and tell us about what you use. Tell us what bike you brought and then what bags did you bring for that trip? I brought my stump jumper and it's full suspension. And I think I was the only one on the trip with a full <laughs> suspension. And I was so glad that I did. Really? <laughs> I talked to one of my friends, Jesse Blau from, from Bend. Um, when I told him I was planning on doing the trip, he'd done it before. And I couldn't decide if I was going to take my gravel bike or my like full suspension. And he's like, take your full suspension. You'll have so much more fun. <laughs> but I, I couldn't carry as much stuff on it, but, but they would take a duffel for you. So I, I, um, in the duffel, I put my sleeping bag in my tent and just some warm clothes, just like the, the biggest stuff. Um, so I had my frame bag, which is, it's kind of a small frame bag, but it holds just my bladder on one side. And then on the other side, just, it's a flat pocket. So some small things. And and then I had a handlebar bag. Oh, I don't have any. I don't have any up here. I call it my barrel bag, and it just goes on the handlebar. It's like uh, looks like a burrito bag. Yep. Um, and then I I have these two. I had two bar buckets. Okay. And then the night before, I I needed to carry a little more stuff, and so I decided to. I just whipped this out in a couple hours the night before. It's just a, a it's a down under bag. Oh yeah. This goes along the down tube. So I could carry a few more items than that. I have to say, I'm a little bit relieved to hear that you also kind of made something the night before you did, <laughs> you did your trip. Cause I feel like that is, that is, I always find myself doing that, right? Like I'm going to New Hampshire in a couple of weeks ago hiking and I'm making a fastback. I have one that could work, but I still have to make one for some reason. Like, no, it's not quite perfect. So I'm glad to hear somebody else is also like making something right before they go yeah. somewhere as well. Well, I also went to REI and just got a seat bag because I didn't have anything. <laughs> and it would have been awesome, but I have so much suspension that it would hit the tire every time I'd go over any bumps from the first day was kind of annoying. I had to stop. I had to borrow a strap from someone and keep cinching it up. And, <laughs> and, uh, luckily I got it figured out by the second day. Oh, that's so cool. This seems like an incredible trip. Um, I want to dive in more to your, your bags later and we'll get into more specifically what you use and what all that you have, but let's back this up a little bit more again. Um, <clears throat> you learned to sew only a couple of years ago, or a handful of years ago. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, 
my sewing history is like the high school typical class. I yeah. just learned out of waltzes and I think I made a dress and my mom taught me how to sew my jeans, hem my jeans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't really until Josh needed me to help him that he started teaching me how to make the bag. So um yeah, so maybe just eight, eight years. Wow. How do you feel like I mean, this is something that you kind of took on probably just to be kind at first, right? You're like, I'm going to help out. But what is it about making gear or sewing or whatever it is that draws you in? Because now you fully you fully embodied this when you took it on entirely. What about it do you feel so close to? I just love being able to make something useful that you're proud of and that's functional and that you can get creative with. I love to use my scraps and just make cool, fun stuff and um there's just it's such a good skill to have I think I can repair so many things and and uh, I feel more confident now in doing custom stuff I have people asking for all sorts of weird stuff and I like sure I can figure out how to do it so it's it's fun and it, it fits my lifestyle yeah um, and it's really nice to be able everybody gets gifts from me that are bags <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you remember the very first item that you made when you kind of rebirthed your sewing experience eight years ago? Yeah, it was um, the banana hammock, which is the the Jones bar bag, which oh, yeah. uh, if we knew we were going to become a legit business, we might have named it something else, but that's just <laughs> what we, we called it. Um, but I remember I, um, Josh had written down the instructions and when he was at work, I would sit there sewing them and working on them. And I thought they were pretty good. And he came home and started looking at them and started tossing them in the trash. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like being funny about it, but he he would show me like all the little mistakes. And so that's my favorite bag to make now. I can whip them out really quick and they're easy. And yeah, I think those ones are the, I don't know, I like making those ones. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that bag up and it's awesome that was your first because that's how I heard about Broad Fork Bags initially. Our at the time, he's our GM. Now he's our senior product manager, Carter. He, when he got into building bikes, uh, he eventually fell into a Jones bar, uh, and he tried to make a few, but he wasn't super pleased with the shape and whatnot. And he, so he found your, uh, your yeah, Jones bar. One, he sent me some really cool, really yep. cool waterproof fabric, and I that he he gave me a lot of extra. Yeah, so, yeah, that he loves that thing. It's still on one of his bikes. I mean, we, we, he switches them up all the time. He's built probably six in the last year. <laughs> um, but that's how we first heard about you. So it's really cool that you bring that up because it is, it is a great, it's a great bag. It's featured on one of our posts. At one point we were talking about bike bags and stuff, but um, it fit perfectly. And that was, that was the thing that caught him. He was like, I want one that fits my, my hand pump and can fit some of these things and also actually fit the bike and doesn't look like it's falling out or anything. And um, so that was a bag that really stood out to him. That's a, that's a phenomenal bag for anybody that does have a Jones bar need one look at this look at this bag we'll link it in the show notes for sure some company this summer um was out of stock of them and all of a sudden i just got bombarded with all of these orders like, what is going on <laughs> <laughs> there it's it's funny you mentioned that too actually i was listening to a podcast recently about some of the new uh, bars coming out, like the corner bar and some of these other ones that like the, the kitchen sink bar and some other crazy shapes for um, bike packing and things like that. And yeah, I've, I was really proud to be a part of the cottage kind of community there because a lot of the, 
the people that on the podcast were talking about how a lot of these bars don't have bags that fit. And I was thinking in my head, I was hearing this. I'm like, I know a company that makes this bag. I know a company that makes this bag, you know, like the Jones bar bag. And it's, it's so cool that I feel like in the cottage space specifically, a lot of these companies are small enough that they're able to transition so rapidly. So when a new, a new handlebar comes out, you can make one that fits that because it's you, <laughs> like you, you know, there's no up the chain. There's no worry about if it's going to work in the market, you yeah. make what works for you at first. And that's, that's so cool because it was, it was exciting to see that in some ways, even though these are small companies and individuals making this happen, they're ahead of the curve in so many ways. What's, I want to hear more about the history of, of broad fork bags. What was the gear or the equipment that got you started? Or was the one piece that Josh was like, I really need this on my bike and I don't want to buy it. It was the frame bag. Yeah. Yeah. He just yeah. needed gear. Yeah. For that <laughs> fortified. Yeah. And a lot of our ideas come from customers just asking for stuff and like, like the spooner bags. I don't remember who it was, but I think it might've been somebody from Cocapelli in Cortez, their bike shop. Um, but a lot of the bags that the cool bags that we make just come from customer ideas and requests. And then we end up just keeping them and adding them to the website. <laughs> yeah. That was my next question actually in kind of in line with frame bags, your frame bags have evolved a lot to now being the spooner bag for anybody that doesn't know what that is. Can you explain what a spooner bag is? Yeah, it's just a like basically a frame bag cut in half. So you can run with just the the top portion, just like a half frame bag or the bottom portion, or you can run them both together. So if you want to use your water bottles, you can just use the top portion and they connect together in the center with Velcro with really sticky Velcro. Um, and I put plastic inserts on the sides to help hold the shape when you're only using one at a time. And you, I've noticed on your website and through some of the photos that they're not just, I mean, they are, they do have the separate that ability, but also oftentimes you pair them in a really cool pattern. So what you end up seeing is that half frame bag, if you have one or the other on, they look great individually, but then when you pair them together, it completes a landscape or something. Isn't that right? Yeah. So the one, I think that you're talking about is, um, I had a customer, I love your custom design fabric. That is so cool. I don't know any other companies that do that. But um, I had worked with him for a few weeks trying to dial this, this um, picture in, this image. Um, so he had a friend that designed that desert scene with the, the orange and red mounds mm -hmm. and the blue sky. And we just had to keep scaling it to make sure that, that um, the two cacti fit in the frame bag the way he wanted, to, wanted it to. And then he had you guys print it. He sent me that fabric and I love working with the custom stuff. That's always the most popular stuff. And it's so fun to put it together and see what the outcome looks like. Yeah, that, that piece is so stunning. I find, I, I think the majority of time bike bags, they, we, there's I feel like there's a couple different styles of bike bags, but oftentimes the bag is kind of like, looks like it's thrown onto the bike and I think something that's really that you guys have dialed in a lot is oftentimes people will make the bag match the bike more or like they become more of a unit instead of just kind of being like, oh, there's frame bags in there and then there's a separate bike. But they look so good. I mean, the, I mean, the cohesion like on the Jones bar, it looks like it belongs there. You know, it's not just a, something strapped to the front of the, of the bike. Awesome. But it looks, that's good. Good. That's what we're going for. It, it yeah. looks phenomenal. 
Yeah. It's fun to make a match their bags with the different components on their bags and the different colors just to try to make make some uh, color accents stand out that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You guys have done really well there. So tell us about the materials that you choose and why. I mean, bike bags, for anyone that's not familiar, bikes are going to go through a lot. They're going to get soaked. They're going to get really muddy and dirty and they're going to take a a lot, you know, sometimes a lot of abrasion and sometimes not, you know, what sort of materials you choose when you're looking at a fine material for a bike bag? The X-Pack, that's what we use the most of the VX42 for almost everything in black because that's just a lot stronger material than the VX21 and um, almost all the other solid colors. Um, And Dyneema, Um, I have like five different colors of Dyneema and you can do it inside out too to get a whole different color. So, um, and those ones are really tough, 10 times tougher than steel, you guys say. And it's really lightweight. So if people are weight weenies, you can get the Dyneema, it's super lightweight and thin. Um, and I use some canvas for the smaller bags and the better bags, but it's, <clears throat> it's pretty heavy material. I don't really like to yeah. use that for the, the frame bags, but yeah, we'll see VX. Yeah. What do you think? So those are obviously amazing materials that a lot of people enjoy, but there's always something, what do you see in those materials or not seeing those materials that you wish you could add to the the the, the market for DIYers and MIRGers. What's missing in a fabric or material? Something that you wish you could just tap into more. Good question. I'm not. I'm not really <laughs> sure. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, I really like. Well, I really like this. Uh, this is the inside out fabric, and I just love mm-hmm. how it's so easy to clean off, and it's kind of yeah. shiny. Um, it's that's super easy to clean that stuff. Um, which one is that? That one. Um, let me see if I have that. So it's some kind of weird camo. It's uh can you see it at all? Oh yeah. That almost looks like, it's like a, it almost looks like a cryptic. Like, like almost like a sunflower. Yeah, like, yeah. Inside of it, I think that is super cool. As the yes, gold, the gold yes. yes, I I totally know what you mean. I can I can see that now. So it almost looks like the. Uh, so we're we're working with a new X pack that has for anyone listening, we're working the new X-Pack that doesn't have the 50D taffeta backing. So most X-Packs have like a textured back that just provide a little extra stability. This one is just has a complete slick. Um, it has the PE or the, the 2.25 mil PET film on the back. So it's all slick and it's tapable, I think as well. So it has a really unique look and the, the X-Ply really pops, which is super fascinating, which you don't see that a ton in uh, some of those thicker and especially darker colored fabrics with X-Pack. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Sorry. I don't have a better answer. No, you're, you're totally fine. It's no, that, that absolutely works. I mean, the, X, the X-Pack and the Dyneema in some ways, they answer a lot of those questions for people. <laughs> there aren't as many problems. People are like, Oh, I wish it could be more waterproof. And then these fabrics are pretty much bomber as it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you guys are getting a lot of new colors of the Dyneema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more, more X packs on the way. Kind of leave it there for that. But there's some sitting around this room that we're really excited to get out to people. 
So you mentioned the better bag. I saw that bag on your website and I thought it was really fascinating. What's the story behind that bag or how'd you come up with that? I love that. The story behind that bag. So it's spelled B-E-T-R and it's named after our friend Brendan, his partner Elizabeth and their kids Tor and Ripley. And Brendan, he is he's actually the the graphic designer that has done all of our custom fabric, like the desert and the mountain trees. And that's his, that's Josh's um, skiing back touring or his, his ski touring partner. Okay. Um, so when Josh and I, we were training for some ultra marathons and we were running a lot after work and then we would need to stop in the grocery store at the way home. And we always just use those cheap, you know, those dollar, yeah. dollar grocery bags and, was just annoying because there's nowhere to put your keys or your phone or your wallet. And so he's like, I'm just going to make a better bag. So he made one with a pocket inside and the pocket outside and it has a drawstring on top so that your groceries can't spill out. And so we used, started using it for groceries, but it works awesome as a gear bag. I have a couple that I use and I use them like every day. I use them for groceries. Anytime I go mountain biking, I'll throw my shoes and my helmet and just it carries a lot of stuff and they're really durable but i i'm surprised we don't sell more of those tote bags those are probably my favorite yeah no i i absolutely love that i noticed that first thing i know it was a little bit unorthodox for a bike bag company but i just thought it was so i mean you're totally right some of those the cheaper totes are so great to have around but they just don't they're not as functional as you wish and it's it's kind of funny because all of us so carter isaac and i we do a lot of sewing together and we're always we make different things different hobbies and, and preferences but we have all made at least one tote bag <laughs> it's just kind of funny because we're always like i just need something to throw this stuff in right now and it yeah. so it that was perfect it's so brilliant and especially the external pockets that's a great design i really like that bag thanks so what sort of sewing techniques do you have for people? I mean, from the down under bags and the frame bags and the better bags, you're working with a lot of different shapes and sizes and stuff for anybody looking to get into sewing or, or nervous about breaking into some of these skills. What would you recommend? Just start. There's a, a ton of tutorials. You guys have a ton of tutorials on YouTube and you can teach yourself really how to, how to make anything. I think if you have a sewing machine, just get it out start playing around with it. Um, like if you, sometimes I want to go and buy something and I think, well, I've got stuff here. I have a sewing machine. I can probably just make it. Like I was going to buy a new harness for my dog and I thought, I'm sure I can just make one. So I took off her old one and I laid it flat on the table and I just traced it and, and figured out how to make it. Um, uh, let's see, sewing techniques like, um, Sorry, explain your, ask your question again. Like, yeah. What, uh, so I think something that a lot of people have trouble with, with bike bags specifically is kind of getting those fine corners in the shape, like the spooner bags and stuff or like, how do you, how do you find, how do you determine those shapes or how do you take those shapes from an idea and get them through the sewing machine and not look like, you know, a squiggly line. <laughs> okay. So I make a template. So I get a piece of cardboard and I, I put it behind my, my frame and then you just trace the frame and mark exactly where everything is like mark the corners. And um, if you want to bolt on, you mark where the water bottle water bosses are. And then I just add a quarter sewing margin and then cut it out and then place it inside your frame just to make sure that it fits mm. securely and that there aren't any big gaps. Um, 
And then you just measure the tubes to see how wide you want it, just to make sure that it's not going to um, get get in the way of the the crank. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. If I take one thing away from this, that's a good reminder is, is seam allowance. For some reason, that's like the one thing that I always, it's a, it feels like the most simple thing and I, and I know to add it. And then every so often I'm just like, ah, this ended up being a little bit size wrong because I didn't add the seam allowance. <laughs> yeah, there's just a, a lot of measuring and double checking everything and yeah, just trial and error. I have a, a friend who's bought some bags from us before and she's, She's been making her own bag. She made one that's um, like our stem cell, the top two bag. And then she made a frame bag and and she called me and we Zoomed and and I like talked her through some of it, but it turned out awesome and it, and it looks pretty good. Yeah. But just Tell us about just, yeah, give it more a go. of your, your product line. So we've mentioned the the better bag, the spooner bags, the stem cell bag and the, uh, the your camera, what it's called, but the, the one that goes on the handlebar, the the bucket. Bucket. What other, yeah. What other products do you have? Um, The barrel bag. And I came up with a new one recently that is the barista. So somebody wanted a barrel bag, but they didn't want it to be that big. So I just made it like half the size. So it's just like a a smaller bag that fits on the handlebars. Um, So we have 10 different bags there's the the down under that fits four beer in it perfectly and the frame bag the bar bucket the better bag what am i missing the barista um stem cell yeah you really have bags that cover the whole the whole spectrum of a bike really and especially for full suspension people saddlebags probably aren't much of a thing right for any full suspension bike is that right um, you can have smaller, smaller ones, but I, yeah. I think I, I do want to make some, some of those. I bought one from okay. REI recently just so I can look at it and figure out how to make it. Awesome. So I'd like to do that. And then also some of the bags that go on the many thing cage. Okay. And it's also, you know, on the, on the forks, the many thing. Yeah. Cage. Okay. So that's my next project and maybe some fanny packs. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to see those. Yeah. No more the saddlebags, everything, everything that you all do so far has been awesome. So I can't wait to see some of your new products, but, um, just to specify people listening, the, uh, the down under bag is goes under the down tube, like kind of close to your, I mean, you're threading the needle between like the bottom bracket and the fork, right? It's going to be right under closest to the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay great place for beer especially on a cold day keep it cool (laughs) and then the the barista bag that you're mentioning that's a that's like front mount handlebar kind of like easy access just like uh simple simple style bag right it has two zippers so you can access it while you're riding it's pretty easy perfect oh i love that so something i've always wondered with bike bags and i i know you guys do a good job with this because i've seen carter's uh the 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 banana hammock bag that he has is what sort of material do you all use for the liner? Um, finding that structure is always something I've struggled with and maybe I'm tapping into company secrets here, but what sort of liner or foam or plastic or do you use to give that support? So we, I use the, the rip stop for the liner. Okay. Um, just like a light white or orange, something light. So you mm-hmm. can see into it. And then I use this, I'm not sure what it's called. This thick, thick black foam. Okay. 
Yeah. Liner. Um, so yeah, it has three layers. There's the VX and then the foam and then the rip, the rip stop. Okay. Um, so that's just, I think what you're showing me there is just spacer mesh, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that is, See, I'm I'm so glad we talked. That's another thing I've taken away that I I I think I've over overthought that. So that's so brilliant. Yeah, because we have little scraps of spacer mesh from laser cuts and stuff. But that's that's mm-hmm. so smart. I've never thought about lining that on the inside or you know in between the sandwich layers. That is that's brilliant. Yeah, because that's always something I've wondered. I like how that bag. I've made some bike bags that don't have the support or don't have the the foam or something in there, and I find that the weight just slides around. They get kind of noisy and they don't they're not as functional. So that's, so I've always been looking for more. I save extra like packing materials. Like we get a box of something breakable and there's like the foam in it. I'm like, Oh sweet. We can line this in there. That's what I come by. You know, the space mesh is much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for the stem cells, I put um, a plastic insert in the sides just to help it. uh, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that plastic? That's like almost like a cutting board material or like a thin, like a flexible cutting board material. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Awesome. I can send you some links on on what I use. I can't think of the full names for them. It's like polyurethane something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. Oh, that's very helpful. So, Jacqueline, where do you see Broad Fork going? I mean, I've been I'm really excited to hear about some of your future products that you're designing and and prototyping. Um, but where do you see Broad Fork in a few years, or what do you want to where do you want to take it? Um. Well, I finally got some people on board because it's just been me and I kind of <laughs> felt like I was at a dead end this summer. I, I can't sew any faster and I can't make any more money. And so I was explaining this to my nephew this summer at a wedding and he's a pretty savvy business guy. He has a business partner and he owns a CBD company in, um, in awesome. Salt Lake. And so he um, kind of jumped on board and he has four other um, people that he's really excited about. Um, so I don't want to say too much right now. I'm yeah. just dreaming and scheming, but, um, there's some changes We're um, tomorrow, I think we're going to work on the website. It's, I've been wanting to, to update <laughs> that a long time. I don't, it's just the free one that we got on Weebly when we first started. Sure. So we're going to redo the website and do some rebranding and price changing. So, um, I, I really want, and I have a couple people that are interested in helping me sew. So I'm hoping to get a bigger space. I have a bunch of sewing machines that are sitting in my garage right now. Cause I'm in this, I don't know if you can see this tiny room. <laughs> yeah. Space. And so I'm hoping to get a bigger space, have those two people help me sew and then be able to set up all my sewing machines and my serger. And then just slowly scale, scale. Absolutely. Just kind of following my nephew's lead right now and trying to find some people to manufacture bags. And I don't know, he's got lots of ideas. So yeah, we'll see where it goes. You seem to have a really adventurous personality. I mean, from the bike bag trips you've taken and even to just taking on broad fork bags, what would you recommend to other companies and small businesses looking to make a jump to do this as something that they want to continue to have continue happening what would you recommend other small cottage vendors and bike bag makers and people like that just know what you're doing um find people that are good with money and business because <laughs> i was just doing it intuitively for a long time and um, once i got these people on board and really started looking at the numbers and started to like find out what i'm doing wrong um I don't know just it's it's nice to have a business partner and have and have people help you with it yeah 
Um, it's it's fun and there's um there's it's just such a growing thing right now everybody's getting into bike packing so i don't think that it's you have to worry too much about competition yeah know, when we first started there was only a handful and now there's there's tons um or just have fun with it be creative yeah i love that that's amazing well Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing some time with us today and for uh, sharing your morning. This has been so exciting and we just, we're really excited to see what you, what you do more with your new products and with future Spooner bags and things like that. And uh, we really love watching your journey. So thanks for sharing a little bit of that with us. Thank you so much. It's been fun talking to you. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Jacqueline. As always, let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Okay. Thanks. James. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. We created Ripstop by the Roll to fuel the DIY revolution and serve the maker community that supports it. Through world-class service, innovative products, and cutting-edge capabilities, it is our promise to always put the success and satisfaction of our fellow makers, aka our customers, above all else. We're here for you. If you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. Now let us make.